All right. Well, good morning again. Morning. You guys doing good? I know that's a loaded question. You're not supposed to ever ask that question when you're addressing a group of people. But I just did. So, <clears throat> Joe, it looks awesome up here. Thank you for your gifting, using your giftings. Yeah, we're blessed by that, so thank you for that. You know, um, in the Marine Corps they have this saying, or at least they used to have this saying. You can let me know if they still say it or not. Complacency kills. Is that a thing still? Still a thing. Still a thing. Uh, so, in other words, when you go through the motions and you think you're doing okay, but in reality there's dangers all around you, bad things can happen. That's the idea behind that. Complacency kills. Well, let me offer you sort of a counter to that or an antidote to that. And that is consistency keeps. So if complacency kills, and I know the Marine Corps does see that as like a threat to life, but it does a lot more than that. Consistent or Complacency, it kills morale. It can kill safety. It can kill your trust in other people. It can kill your ability to accomplish the task that you're trying to do in the manner in which you should be doing it. In a spiritual sense, so that's kind of a practical sort of Marine Corps mindset, but in a, in a spiritual sense then, complacency, it will kill our need or perceived need for the Lord and for other people. Complacency can kill our desire for quiet time with the Lord. It can even kill our commitment to follow Jesus passionately in meaningful ways. So if complacency does all that, then consistency keeps. It keeps us on the right track, keeps us from shortchanging ourselves and from shortchanging God. It keeps us engaged, connected to God and his people, and it keeps us from wandering away. Anybody here prone to wander? Just kind of go over here where they shouldn't be? Consistency keeps us from wandering. So I would argue one of the main reasons for our inconsistency, especially in our spiritual lives, is complacency. And so, since we're, I want to make sure that we're all on the same page here, let me just give you a brief definition. Um, Self-satisfaction, especially when accompanied by unawareness of actual dangers or deficiencies. It's being content with a situation that has no reason for contentment. It's false security due to a false understanding or an unwillingness to see the reality of the dangers of your lack of action. That's what we're talking about here. Now, being consistent, I think, I'd argue, is something every one of us desires to be and every one of us struggles to be. Can I get an amen? Okay. Maybe it's a periodic struggle. Maybe it's a little bit more consistent. Regardless, across the board, everyone in this room, I would say, consistency is a challenge. And so waiting with purpose, the name of our series right now, waiting with purpose requires intentionality. Being consistent, and I think I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, being consistent doesn't happen on its own. We have to decide to be purposeful and be deliberate in this life. So here's what I have to say about it. Lee, could you put up the main point slide? Steady and joyful work in the Lord is never in vain, so do not grow weary in doing good. So just keep...
keep that. If you're a note taker, you can take that, you can take a picture of it, whatever. This is the idea that we want to help foster some change in our lives today. So steady and joyful work in the Lord is never in vain, so do not grow weary in doing good. So let me just, before we go any further, I want to pause and pray, ask for the Lord's help. So would you pray with me? Lord, we just come to you right now again in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that as we're looking in, into ways that we can wait with purpose, wait with intentionality, what we know that we're waiting for you. God, in this Advent season, the idea is that the world was waiting for the Savior, for the Messiah to be born into this world. And on that Christmas day, some 2,000 years ago, the waiting stopped and you were born into you. You were the Word made flesh. So the waiting has changed now, Lord. We're waiting for your return. You promised you would come for your people. But as we're here on this earth, as we're waiting, Lord, we desire to wait with purpose, with intentionality, with a desire to love you, love others, to serve you, with meaning that when we stand before you, we can hear, well done, good and faithful servant. So this morning, I pray that you would set aside every distraction, everything that we brought into this room, Lord, that is not of you, that's going to keep us, prevent us from truly hearing from you this morning, I pray that you would just wipe it away. God, give us ears to hear, a heart to receive from your word this morning, and I ask for your help in that, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so uh, at the bottom of that screen, you'll see a number, that 858 number. If you have questions about anything you hear this morning, anything you don't hear, you just want to ask some questions, text that number. Mike and I will come up here at the end. We'll, we'll answer those questions as best we can. So please feel free to interact with us in that way. So two scriptures that I'm going to use to base this message off of. Now, we're not going through a line-by-line -line book like we normally do. So I'm, I'm still going to use these two scriptures because I think they're sort of like, like sister verses. They go together well in rounding out a full picture. And, and you might... If you have a lot of the word memorized here in your heart, you might know what those two verses are based on my main point earlier. Um, so let me just throw them out there. The first one is 1 Corinthians 15, 58. This is what it says. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Well, that's 1 Corinthians 15, 58. And the, the sister verse that I'm calling it will go Galatians 6, 9. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So those are kind of going to shape what we're talking about this morning. And when it comes to our spiritual journey, the things that we desire to be consistent in are good things, right? Prayer. Reading of the word, fasting, giving, serving, loving God, loving others. These are good things, right? All of them helping us to abound in the work of the Lord. And then we're called, as Paul reminds us, to be steadfast, immovable, abounding in the work of the Lord, and to not grow weary in doing these things. It's simple, right? Not doing it. Doing it is extremely difficult, but the idea, the concept is simple, right? Nobody's confused so far? We're, we're all tracking the same direction? Good. So how many of you then have areas in your spiritual life where you'd like to be more consistent in? I know I do, absolutely. How many of you have often grown weary in trying to be consistent? And then the important question 
How many of you are willing to work to become more consistent starting today? That's not a trick question. I do like to interact, as you know. So if that's the case, if we all have areas where we want to be more consistent, and sometimes we go weary in our journey and efforts of being consistent, and we want to start today, I'm going to ask and answer, hopefully, five questions. So as we walk through this idea, five questions to hopefully round out this idea of being consistent. So the first one is, what is consistency? If we ought to be consistent, what is it? Well, I would say that consistency is really just stewardship and managing what God has given us. Because when you see yourself as a caretaker and not an owner of things, you begin to recognize we have a need to do better in what God has given us. Right? When we have an entitlement, oh, this is mine, I earned this, I can do whatever I want with it, rather than this is God's blessing to me, I'm going to do what I can to steward it and make sure that it's used for the glory of God. There's a big difference there. For example, time. Time is a gift from God. And we all get the same amount. Anybody get more than 24 hours in a day? Anybody get less? I know you feel like it, but you don't. <laughs> a lot of us be like, no, there's no way. I know when I'm sleeping, the clock is just creeping forward. We all get the same amount of time. However, how we use that time varies greatly. Relationships, also a gift from the Lord that we are called to steward well. What is the most important relationship that you have as a believer? Relationship with the Lord. All right, we agreed on that? How we tend to this relationship, how we care for this relationship, it tells us a lot about our level of consistency and focus. It really does. After all, we just agreed, mostly agreed, but we're agreed, that this is our most important relationship with the Lord. So what does it say, then, if our level of consistency with God is lacking? Our most important relationship and our consistency is lacking. What does that say? Now, look, I know I'm coming out of a corner fight, coming out with the big guns. Sorry. No, I'm not. I'm not. Because I'm talking to myself as much as I'm talking to you. But I need for us to understand what is at stake in our level of consistency. What is to gain and what is to lose in our stewardship of these precious gifts from the Lord. But we're going somewhere with this. It's not all going to be smacking you around. There is going to be some of that. But we're going somewhere that I hope will be both encouraging and practical. Because I can give you all kinds of great scriptures and we can all leave here feeling great and puffed up. But if I don't give you some truth and then some application, we're leaving something on the table. And I don't want to do that. So what is consistency? There we go. Stewardship, it's caring for, it's intentionally doing something with what God has given to us. The next question, how should I or how can I be consistent in the first place? Like what, how, how do I do this? Why can I do this? So the first verse that we looked at was 1 Corinthians 15, 58. What was the very first word in that scripture? Therefore. And if you have been around any time in the church, you know that whenever that word is there, you got to look back up behind it, read and know that why it is therefore. 
What is it there for? So let's let's back up in the text and let's read in front of 50:58 and looks at start in verse 50. So this is leading up to this. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised and perishable, and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on imperishable, the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So these verses are describing what will take place when Jesus returns. That's what this is describing. When he comes back, this is what it's going to look like. That we will put on immortality, and then it will be asked, Oh, death, where is your sting? In other words, this is eternal life. What we are anticipating is eternal life. That's what immortality is, right? And we're living with him forever. And then how can we have access? How do we access this immortality that Paul is talking about here? Look at verse 50, 57. But thanks be to God, who gives us our victory through here. Through who? We have eternal life in Christ. Our victory is through him. This is how we can be consistent. It's through the Lord. When we try to do it ourselves, when we try to do it through our own power and our own abilities, man, do we mess it up. We're really good at that. At least I am. Really good at trying to do things on my own, falling flat on my face, and then, okay, Lord, now help me. Now I'm further down than I would have been if I had just gone to you in the first place. So the avenue through which our consistency comes is through Christ, not through ourselves. But don't miss something, and then when they add in verse 58, therefore, in other words, in light of the future hope that we have in Jesus, in light of that eternity, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the Lord, now, in this life. That's what he's saying. Here's all this that's going to come, but do something about it right now, because we're being prepared for something. We, you and I, right now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are being prepared for eternity. That's what's happening right now. Take a look at Romans 2. Let's look at just a couple of verses here. Romans 2, 6 through 7. He will render to each one according to his works, to those who by, patient in, who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and mortality, he will give eternal life. So here's the idea of him rendering something to each of us according to our works. But look at that part in the middle. Who by patience in well-doing. What does that sound like? To me, that sounds like steadfast, joyful work. Like patient, steady in well-doing. It's just consistency in the stewardship of what God has given us. The resources that he's blessed us with. And there is reward in this kind of behavior. And that's, that's what Paul is talking about. There is reward. Now, is your primary motivation the fact that you're going to be rewarded? 
Let me rephrase that. Should your primary motivation for doing this a reward? No. But it doesn't change the fact that the Bible is very clear that you will be rewarded. It's sometimes encouraging to know that God sees you, acknowledges you, and will reward you. Sometimes I don't spend enough time talking about these rewards that we will have in heaven. And if you want more information, you can go to Matthew 5.12, 2 Corinthians 5.10, Revelation 22.12. If you're not convinced that what we do on this earth will produce riches and glory and reward in heaven, you can go there again and look. But let me add something that wasn't in my original message. When I was driving home yesterday um, from the desert, God was just speaking to me and said, I need you to give one more scripture. And so um, another reason we can be consistent, let's look at Hebrews 12, the first three verses. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Look, Looking to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. So four things from those three verses. Lay aside, run with endurance, look to Jesus, the founder of your faith, and consider his suffering. Lee, go back to verse 1 if you would. Let us lay aside what? Every weight and sin which clings to us. So we're laying aside the weight. God says cast your burden upon him, right? It's not your weight to bear the sin in your life. He says, confess it so that it's off of you and on him. For what purpose? To run with endurance. How many of you are runners in the room? Raise a high, real high. I am a runner. Okay, only four of you. The rest of you, just imagine with me. You've got big, giant, heavy boots on. Huge, baggy jeans, right? You're wearing like five shirts. You got, you're bundled up for the snow. You've got a backpack with 100 pounds in there. How is your running going to be in that status? It's going to be terrible, awful, draining, ridiculous, right? Unless you're Lee. <clears throat> but just think of that imagery. If you were going to run a marathon, is that what you would be wearing? Of course not. You want to give yourself every advantage to do well. Run with endurance. So the weight and the sin and the guilt and the shame and all that stuff that you hold on to is actually preventing you from running your race with endurance. So take it off. It's not yours to hold on to. And how do we do that? We look to Jesus. The, the, the author, the founder of your faith, the one who hung on a cross for you that enabled you to lay it at his feet, to run with endurance. And then the last thing he tells us is to think about what he endured from sinners. Consider him who suffered 
at the hands of sinful people. Why? So that you may not grow weary in doing good. Like these are motivations for us and they're avenues for us to be more consistent. These are the kinds of things that shape our lives, that position us to be more consistent. So lay it aside. Confess, repent, run with endurance. Keep your eyes on him, focused on him. Not get distracted. What's going on over here? Oh, that's cool. Let me wander over here. Nope. Keep my eyes fixed on the one who gave me the faith, all right, who, who died in my place. And let me think about what he did for me. What he endured was horrific, horrendous. And he was not deserving of it in any way. We were deserving of it, but in his grace, he did this. These are ways in which I think we can begin to walk in consistency. All right, number three. What are some warning signs that I have been inconsistent? If you're like me, I need some red flags. And so here are my two biggest warning signs that I have been inconsistent. How I treat people and my, my attitude toward the things of God. Those are my two big indicators. So when I'm patient and short with people, I know right away, oh, I have not been in meaningful time with the Lord. My patience is just really, really thin. Generally, I'm a fairly patient person by God's grace. Um, so when I'm not patient, I'm like, okay, something's wrong. When I desire my own comfort and my own agenda over and above other people, I know that I'm off. When I want it my way, when I want to do things, I don't care about you, I want it my way, that's, that's not good. That's a red flag for me. When I see people as problems or obstacles, rather than image bearers and opportunities, I have not been consistent. So how I see people is a red flag for me that I've been inconsistent. And then there's my attitude towards the things of God, the things that I should be doing. If I am at any point indifferent or apathetic, that should be like a red star cluster, like things are wrong. I should have no apathy or, or, or indifference toward the things of God, period. You know why that happens? Indifference to godly things is the result of pursuing self over God. That's how we become indifferent, is that we're more concerned with ourselves, putting ourselves on the throne, gratifying the desires of the flesh, than we are being consistent with the Lord. Maybe I just go through the motions, and this one I'm really guilty of. Yeah, I'm praying every day, but there is very little depth to my time with the Lord. What am I doing? I'm checking the spiritual box. Yep, I prayed today. I can't tell you what I prayed for. I can't tell you what I'm believing for, other than the fact that I went through the motions and I did it. What's the point? I'll also add this, trying to give you some practical things. That the recognition of our inconsistency or, or our recognition of our need for consistency, for me anyway, often comes after a season where I've been really consistent, really faithful. I'm like, man, this is awesome. Followed by a season of inconsistency. Because in that moment, I realize, oh, 
there actually is a benefit from doing these things. And I'm not doing it right now. And look at where I am right now. I'm floundering. I'm all over the place. I'm miserable. I'm depressed. I'm angry. I'm anxious. I'm cutting people off and flipping them off. And I mean, I'm not doing that. Well, maybe. Depends. Depends how long I've been inconsistent. It's a you don't know what you what you've got until it's gone kind of scenario. So if you have yet to experience the blessing of being consistent with God, then you have less incentive to be consistent. When you know, like when I'm in it and I'm I'm really in it, not that it's perfect, but I'm where I need to be and there's a comfort and there's a peace and there's a sense of encouragement that I can keep going no matter what happens. And when you have experienced it, and then you go through a dry season of inconsistency, it becomes crystal clear what you're missing. Anybody experience that? Yeah. It's rough. All right, fourth question. Why do I struggle? Why do I struggle to be inconsistent? How many have asked that question? I ask myself that question again and again. Why can't I do this? Why do I suck? That's what I ask myself a lot. I think there are two main categories of obstacles. There are practical obstacles and there are spiritual obstacles. So let me just walk through a couple of them with you. The first is time management, okay? I said a minute ago that all of us get the same amount of time. 24 hours in a day. But how we use that time, it, it varies wildly among us. So if you do not allocate time on your schedule for spiritual things, I can almost guarantee you that you will not be consistent in them. Unless you put it on the calendar, I can almost guarantee you that you will not be consistent. So what does that mean then in terms of application for you? If you're not doing something to say, this time is for this. If I don't do that, I'm not going to be consistent. What do you think you ought to do? Right. Everybody got one of these? A little smartphone in there? Well, some of you don't, but a lot of you do. There's this cool thing. It's called a calendar. And you can add little things to it. And it sounds maybe just too simple or like, no, I'm not going to do that. Quiet time. 0530. Or when I get home from work... The first thing I'm going to do before I fill in the blank, if you're a single person and you're like, before I get home, before I take off my uniform, I'm going to give my quiet time. Because let's be real. Sometimes when you got to be at work at 5.30, getting up at 4.30 is, is, is difficult, right? So don't set yourself up for failure. Set yourself up for success. But do something practical that says, here's what I'm going to do. Because if you aim for nothing, what's the old saying? You'll hit it every time. All right, so put something there. The second obstacle I think is tied to the first, and that is that you just got too much on your plate. In a schedule filled with, even with good and appropriate things, if there's too many of them, it's not a good idea. Because inevitably, something has to be taking a back seat on your calendar. You got all these obligations, all these things, and if you have responsibility tied to those obligations then things that don't have place on your calendar are going to fall off. Things like prayer and Bible reading and discipleship and evangelism. Things that don't have a deadline 
or an appointment attached to them fall off the calendar. They fall off of the radar, so to speak. All right, a third one that I think bridges the gap between practical and spiritual is misaligned priorities. In every one of our lives, we have a hierarchy of priorities. Whether or not you've given a lot of time or attention to say, okay, this is first, this is second, no matter if you've given it any thought, there are, there is a, a list in your mind to say, this is the top, then this, then this, then this. And sometimes those things shift around. But I'm going to give you the big four that I think everything kind of falls out of one of these, into one of these four categories. Sleep, work, relationships, and leisure. We agreed earlier our, our most important relationship is with the Lord, right? So I would put quiet time, spiritual disciplines, I'd put that in the category of relationships. Leisure. I mean, the first two are self-explanatory, right? I need to talk to you about sleep and work or school if you're in school. But the other two, relationships, marriage, relationships at work, community, family, Jesus. Leisure is, is basically everything else. Hobbies, breast, working out. Right? These four things, I think you'd believe with me, that they fight for time on our calendars. Right? They're, they're always competing. Some of them want more attention, like sleep. How many of you really like sleeping? Amen. Yes. I think that is it's definitely a gift from the Lord. It really is. And we love it. Sometimes too much. So it's it's right there. It's just chomping at the bit going, man. Six and a half hours just is enough, but six hours and 45 minutes is plenty. So if I just get 15 more minutes, I'm going to be set. You're going for eight? Get, get on you. Get on you. That's wonderful. At the end of the day, though, who determines the level of importance and priority? You do. And who has the ability to shift things around on your level of priorities. You do. Look, I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. At least I hope not. <laughs> My hope is, though, when we take all of this together, that you are better positioned to actually be more consistent. Right, those are kind of practical obstacles. Let's look at some spiritual obstacles. Sometimes we get too caught up in the temporary, what's going on here and now, and we forget to consider the eternal. The fact that we were reminded just a moment ago that we are being prepared for eternity. Like there is something so much greater than this earth. But for all the things that we've got stacked on our calendar, we kind of lose sight of eternity. And we're just engaged right here and right now. And so... That messes with our ability to be consistent in the things that will matter in eternity. We're the bride of Christ. As the church, we are the bride of Christ. We're being prepared for his return. We're being made ready for his return. And sometimes we lose sight of that. So let's try to keep our focus on the eternal things. What about spiritual attacks? You think the enemy wants you to be consistent? No. In fact, he's going to do everything he can to keep you inconsistent. Because as long as you're inconsistent, your, your use 
in the kingdom of God continues to diminish. So yeah, he's going to create all kinds of conversations in your mind. Like, that stuff don't work. Prayer? Whatever, dude. Just get a few more minutes of sleep. That's going to help you. That's going to help you. Not prayer. Just hit snooze a few more times. The enemy is great at telling you why you shouldn't be consistent. So spiritual attack is a very real thing. And I would encourage you, pray against it. Pray against that stuff. Maybe we don't see the value of investing in consistency with the Lord. We just haven't had the opportunity to really grow enough in our understanding of who God is to want to be consistent. And that takes time to develop. And if you're like me, maybe you're just weak in your flesh and you have a hard time telling yourself no. Uh, you're by your silence, well, consider that an amen. All of these are obstacles to being consistent. Last one is the domino effect of inconsistency. What is that? That is that one day of being inconsistent turns into two, turns into a week, turns into a month. Next thing you know, you're telling yourself things like, oh, well, I'm too far gone now. There's no way I'm getting that back, so I'm just going to go and do whatever I want. Anybody tell yourself that before? You don't have to answer because I know there are. You, you have told me yourself, I've been inconsistent for too long. I'm just done. I'm throwing in the towel. There's no point in this anymore. Is that true? Is that true? Is, is two weeks of not praying enough to say, well, I just can't pray anymore because it's been too long. It is not true, yet sometimes we tell our ver ourselves a version of that lie. It's been too long. Like, I can't. I can't recover. That is a lie from the enemy. It is a lie indeed. Because the reverse is also true. The more consistent you are, the more momentum you get, and the more excitement you, you gain about doing things. You start leaning in. You start having a hunger and an appetite for these things. So don't fall off the wagon after a few days of inconsistency or weeks or months. It doesn't matter how long it's been. What matters is that you recognize it and you get back into the fight. That's what matters. That's what the Lord is after. But I need you to hear this part. This is not a plea for behavior modification. Like just do A, B, and C and everything will be fine. And it may seem like that because I'm giving you a lot of practical things and sort of reasons and, and uh, obstacles and stuff like that. But none of it matters if your primary motivation in all of this is anything other than obedience to Christ. The primary motivation is to be obedient to Him. Because everything that we're talking about that we want to be consistent in prayer, reading the Bible, loving people, sharing your faith, fasting, serving, giving, all of these things God tells his people to do. We already know that we're supposed to do it and that they are good things. It's not about feeling good about yourself because you did it. Maybe you do feel good, like, oh man, I feel, felt great. That I, but if your end game is to feel good about yourself because you did it, that's not good. That's not, that's not what this is about. It's not about checking a spiritual box. Okay, done. What's next? 
It's not about obligation or duty or any of that stuff. Jesus said, if you love me, what? You'll keep my commandments. If you love me, you will do what I'm asking you to do in the first place. The primary motivation in all of this is obedience and love. That has to be the key in all of this. Love for Jesus and walking in obedience toward him is what we're after here. Everything else that I'm giving you is just simply a practical how-to, which a lot of us need reminder of on a regular basis. All right, last question, then we're going to wrap it up. How do I come out of a season of inconsistency, and how do I stay (laughs) consistent without growing weary? Well, first things first is motivation. Why? We need to ask yourself, you need to evaluate, why am I doing the things that I'm doing? I just gave us the answer. A love for the Lord should be our prime motive. A desire to please Him. That's what propels us through the hard times and what encourages us through the good times is my desire to, to love Him and to please Him and to serve Him and to do what He's calling me to do. That's what motivates us, sustains us. And if we grow more consistent in our lives, in our spiritual things, you're going to find yourself better positioned to be doers of the word. Like the fruit that's born out of consistency is only going to bear more fruit. It's only going to position you to do more for the kingdom of God. And it's going to, it's going to have you better prepared for when he does come. Whether he comes in our lifetime or you just get called up into glory, you are going to be better prepared to glorify God in eternity because of what you're doing here on this earth. That should be a lot of motivation for us to just shake off and like pull ourselves out of and like let's get back onto the path. Let's get back on track. Remember, I told you we need to remember what's at stake here, what's to gain and what's to lose with our inconsistency and our stewardship of these precious gifts. Can you see it a little bit more clearly now? I, I hope so. Enough to want to break out of a season of consistency? Enough to reorient your life around Christ, your time, your, your, your giftings, your assets, your schedule? I hope so. Can you see the importance? Enough to remain consistent without growing weary. Let me give you a reminder from our first two verses that we kind of opened up with, and I think that may help. We should remember that our labor in the Lord is never in vain. If you are pursuing Christ, you're maturing as a follower of Jesus, it's never a waste. Never. All that we do in the Lord is meant for our good and for his glory. So every minute that you spend investing in the things of God is for your good and for his glory. It's not in vain. So we should not grow weary in doing good. That is serving him, loving him, loving others. Because in due season, we will reap a reward. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. He he sees you and he will reward you. All right, reminder from the first two messages in our series then, and we'll wrap this up. We've got to maintain a posture of what? Gratitude. That was Sam preaching on that a couple of weeks ago. A posture of 
gratitude, that is thanksgiving toward God. A proper response to all that God is doing in you and through you is gratitude. But check this out. A proper expression of your gratitude is consistency. Right? A proper response to God is gratitude. And a proper expression of that gratitude and thanksgiving to God is a desire and effort to be consistent. God uses that humble posture, that humble attitude to move us closer in the direction of becoming more consistent. Likewise, as Mike preached last week, we got to be what? Content. Be content with who God is and who he has called you to be. Content with the idea that nothing else in this life is going to bring you greater joy or satisfaction than serving Jesus Christ faithfully. Nothing in this world is going to bring you greater joy and satisfaction than that. Can I get an amen? amen. <laughs> All right. So take this with you. Leave. You put the last one up there one more time. Steady. And joyful work in the Lord is never in vain. So do not grow weary in doing good. Let's be consistent. Let's pray together. Gracious and mighty God, you are so good to us. Lord, your word tells us that even when we are unfaithful, you remain faithful, you remain unchanged. So we have the perfect example in you of what it is to be consistent. Lord, we're all at different places on our journey. We're all in different seasons. We're all at different stages in our walk with you. <clears throat> so my prayer this morning, Lord, is that wherever we are individually, that as we evaluate our lives, as we evaluate our motives, that we'd be willing to make some sort of change to grow in our consistency. Maybe we're in a... a wonderful season of incredible consistency and growth and maturity. Thank you, Lord, for that. And for others, we just can't seem to get it together. <laughs> no matter what we do, we just keep falling short. But Lord, your grace is sufficient. You see us in those struggles and you love us through those moments and those seasons, but at the same time, God, you we have to reach up our hand, grasping for help from the one who can help. God, help us to be mindful of the fact that you call us to, to set aside every weight, every sin, everything that would keep us from being faithful and running with endurance. God, help us to run with endurance. Lord, I pray that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on you, the author, perfecter, Finish of our faith. Your word says that he who began a good work in us will see it through to completion. God, you're not done with us. Nobody in this room, you are not done with us. Not by a long shot. And in those moments where we are weary and tired and not sure we can take another step, God, remind us of what you accomplished on the cross. The suffering that you endured at the hands of sinners that we might experience a kind of freedom and peace and hope because of what you did on the cross. God, help us not to grow weary in doing good. 
God, I thank you for this community of believers that we're not meant to do this alone. That we have people around us in our lives that can encourage us, spur us on to love and good works. And so, compel us to do that, Lord. Ask for help. Ask for accountability. Whatever it is that we need to do to leverage what we have for your sake. Lord, I pray for your goodness, mercy, and love. Grow us for our good and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.